Good morning. Y'all, we can stay in this place that we were in worship. We can stay there. Uh, even though the physical attributes and atmosphere may have changed, the spiritual atmosphere is still the same. And um, one thing I noticed is uh, we sung the song, This is How I Fight My Battles in Peace. Instead of the instead of the cranking up, this is how I fight my battles, we fight it in peace. So I'm gonna be talking about peace today. I was gonna go straight into it, but um Mary Cameron was looking at my notes and uh she told me that I need to at least define what peace is. So I didn't even know what peace actually was. So um, I prepared a whole sermon, a whole message on the topic of peace. And she said, well, what is peace? You don't even talk, you don't even say what peace is. Well, actually, I don't even know what it is. So I decided to contact our um, New Horizons resident Greek scholar and find out what is peace. <laughs> So, a man of God once texted me what peace is. And here's his, uh, here's his definition. I'm going to read it to you. Biblical peace, shalom, emphasizes wholeness. Peace is restoration of that which was broken, completion of that which was lacking, satisfaction for the hungry, rest for the exhausted, Calm for the agitated, it is strength for the weak, acceptance for the lonely. Ultimately, it points us to the day when we creatures will be perfectly reunited with our Creator. That's that's peace. It's a quote from quote from Tim Bowden. So, who needs some of that? Well, I've got some good news for you. I've also got a disclaimer for you. So, I believe that what I believe today will be refined, will be refuted, or replaced tomorrow as more of the deep mystery of the kingdom is revealed to me. All right? Now, surrendering my demand to understand, to quantify, and to systematize unleashes over me the floodgates of peace. Much of God's peace exists um, out there beyond my understanding. Don't get mad, Tim. <laughs> now, I've, I've heard, we've, we've talked about that idea of, um, so that's a little bit of an inside joke, I guess. Yes, I did. So, um, so we're going to check out Philippians 4, 7. Does anybody know what that is before it pops up on the screen? Does anybody know what that is? I hear one yes, two yeses. All right. Does anybody quote it by memory without looking at the screen? 
<laughs> Listen to the King James. There it is. I like it. Um, so I'm going to do something that I that uh, that it pains me to do. I like getting into the before and the after and all the context, but I'm just going to pull out this verse today. So we're we're just going to look at it. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God surpasses some understanding. The peace of God surpasses most understanding. The peace of God surpasses all understanding. Now, now, what does this mean? Tim Bowden hit on it. It means that peace is superior to understanding. To pursue understanding is to pursue a lesser value, is to pursue an inferior thing. Um, But to pursue peace is to pursue an unseen, superior reality. So I want to differentiate that I'm not referring to the understanding that you find in the book of Proverbs. That's a different kind of understanding. That is wisdom, and that's eternal. what I'm going to be talking about here is the understanding and comprehension of the temporary things uh, with the mind. Does that make sense? All right. So, in order to encounter peace and to live within it, we must be able to tread into areas that we don't understand. We must be able to take steps with God into the places that are offensive to us. Not because peace is found there. Because peace is found in where? Him. He is the Prince of Peace. But it's because our capacity for greater peace is found in the places that we don't understand, into the places that are offensive to us, It's grown there. Our capacity has grown in those places. Now, keep in mind that um, peace isn't mere tranquility. Peace is wholeness. Our capacity for greater peace, greater wholeness, is grown and stretched in the places where we don't understand so we need to be able to go into these places because we must be able to we must be able to drop our need for comprehending we must be able to let go of our need to grasp the why we have to let go of our need to systematize god's ways so god allows us to walk in areas that are offensive to us. He allows us um, to 
go into these places that are hard to understand because he's walking with us on a journey of letting go of the inferior ways and taking up the superior life. Does that make sense? I didn't hear a yes. All right, I'll say it one more time. God allows us to walk in the areas that are offensive to us and hard to understand because he's walking with us on a journey of, le- of us letting go of the inferior ways and taking up the superior life in the kingdom. So when we get to the point where we can drop our earthly, fleshly, temporary, and in- inferior desire for understanding then we can step into a greater capacity for walking in the heavenly eternal things, namely the shalom peace. So here's one of my favorite verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I bet a lot of y'all know that one too. Is Carter here? Hey, come up here, Carter. Thanks for volunteering. You do look tired. Look like you stayed up till four o'clock this morning or something. Oh yeah, let's get you a mic over here. All right, can you read? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Just that paragraph. Yes. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will guide you on the right paths. Thank you. Carter. Yes. Um, you are a man who, when you commit with your mouth, you give your whole heart to it, and you um, you you devote everything that you are. You do, you're a man who does things with excellence, and you do um, you don't do things half-heartedly, and you stick to your word. And um, you are you are a man who can um, who can pass that kind of ethic and that kind of um, kingdom reality down to the next generation. Yeah. So thank you for uh, being that in our church. Love you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit something to you. This may or may not be right, so you weigh it out. This is where I am on my journey. So... Um, Uh, I'm just going to share it with y'all so that we can all judge this idea. All right, are y'all good with that? I may be wrong. So here we go. Peace is your instructor. So I don't mean that as an all-encompassing meaning of peace. It's just one aspect of it. Peace is your instructor. Um, Johnny, do you have a King James on you? Okay, you do? Psalm 119, 165. 
<laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you hit it. I don't know many people I can just call on a random Bible verse and they'd be able to quote it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with that. That's pretty good. Psalm 119, 165. Abundant peace belongs to those who love your instruction. Nothing makes them stumble or nothing will offend them. For those who live in abundant peace, nothing makes them stumble. Peace is the gateway for the superior things of heaven. So, what do, I, what do I mean by that? A lot of times when I'm, when I'm praying for someone, they'll usually experience a measure of peace um, of, of some kind or another. And um, after a while, I kind of got frustrated. When, uh, why is it that for some people, when I'm praying for a breakthrough, for a tough situation in their life, nothing's, um, you know, nothing happens and they just experience peace. I want them to experience that breakthrough. I want to see that person get healed. I want to see that relationship restored. I want to see that financial system resolved. I want to see that breakthrough. Uh, I've seen the results, and I want, to see them. I want to see more. I've seen a lot of the miraculous happen before. So, why only peace? Why not the, bam, instant breakthrough? Peace is your instructor. If, now let me carry, carry it all the way out. Let me flesh it all the way out for you. If you can carry peace into a situation that you can't comprehend, if you can carry peace through a hardship that you can't overcome, if you can carry peace into the midst of an unwinnable battle, and if you can carry peace through pain and suffering, then you can carry the superior realities of the kingdom of God to experience the fullness of him, breakthrough or not. If in all these situations you can trust our Heavenly Father and let Him give you peace, He expands your capacity for the heavenly things, the superior things of heaven. Choosing peace is one of the ways to be a steward, good stewards of the realities and the blessings of His kingdom. You are the AHA. You all remember what that is? What is it? Agents of heavenly alignment. When you align yourself to heaven's peace, heaven's wholeness, then you can start to align the situations around you to heaven's peace, to heaven's wholeness. I'm going to shift gears a couple times. 
Let's hit a uh, John fourteen twenty seven. I heard this is Jesus' last conversation with his disciples. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. Later on in the conversation, in John chapter 16, verse 31 through 33, Jesus responded to them, do you now believe? Look, an hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I have conquered the world. All right, now let's, let's kind of piece this together, Okay. John 14 through 16 would take months to dissect. So we're just going just gonna to look at these two verses. Jesus says in John 14, my peace I give to you. Not only is it my peace, but I don't give peace like the world gives peace. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. And then... He proceeds to tell them that they are about to go through an event full of heartache and despair and confusion. Now, you can read the passage and you can feel the sorrow and the hurt in Jesus' words, but you can also feel the hope. My peace I give to you. Your hearts must not be troubled or fearful. Then when we get to chapter 16, he says... Each of you will be scattered and run away to your homes. They're going to be in a state of total confusion. They're not going to understand. They're all going to run away hiding and hopeless in the single most victorious event in history. Because they don't understand with their mind what is happening. They, they, don't, they don't comprehend. They don't understand it. In me... You shall have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I have conquered the world. All right, now we're going to shift gears again and go to Romans 8, 6. Johnny, you got this one memorized? Romans 8, 6. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start it off. For the mindset of the flesh is death. The mindset of the spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the inferior is death and hopelessness. Anyone ever feel hopeless? Ever feel that? 
remember that you've got permission from God to feel hopeless about anything that he's hopeless about. Right? All right. <laughs> Hopelessness is a, um, that's an indicator that you've got, a, got an inferior mindset. The, the mindset of the superior is life and peace. Anyone experiencing peace and hope in your situations? That's an indicator that you're walking in a superior heavenly mindset. When we're, but when we're bound to understanding, when we're bound to it, that can actually produce death in us. Why? Understanding itself doesn't produce death. Understanding isn't bad. Uh, I try to understand why I get myself in stupid situations all the time. Okay? This is not bad. But our dependence on understanding is what produces death. Our dependence on something inferior. Not that we don't want to try to understand things, but if our happiness is dependent on it, on our own understanding and not his peace, then that is an inferior thing that produces death. Our dependence on comprehending with the mind. Our dependence on something inferior. So we must be able to let go of the inferior and take up the superior. Did you know that you can choose peace? Now, I'm always, um, I'm a, me and Tim, we're, we're learnaholics. We love pursuing understanding, wisdom, knowledge. I always love to pursue knowledge and understanding. But when I don't get it, I do know the one who understands, and I know the one who holds me. And that brings me peace. So, when we let go of our dependence on understanding, we open up the floodgates of peace into our minds. When we release our hands of the burden of carrying the earthly understanding, we allow heavenly peace to come dwell in our hearts. When we, um, when we let go of our grip on understanding, it frees us up to take hold of something higher than, than comprehension and understanding. We walk by faith, not by sight. So I, I used to understand. Um, I used to understand this concept that we can walk in peace while simultaneously living in uncertainty. And I hated it. So I knew that to be true, but I hated it. I would tell God, God, I am at total peace right now in this chaotic situation in my life. But I need to know why it's chaotic. I don't want peace. 
I want understanding, and I don't want this pain. I want to understand it so that I can make it stop. That was, that's, where, that's where I wanted to be. Trying to find peace through understanding. He was, God was taking me on a journey to show me how to live in the ways of the kingdom, to live in the ways of the superior realm, and he was showing me how to let go of my earthly ways of the world. The world has a way of of showing you and teaching you how to walk through pain and how to walk through chaos, how to walk through um, uncertainty, and it doesn't work. Peace is far superior to understanding. Peace surpasses all understanding. The Bible says it. Comprehension of the storm is the, it's the inferior way of the world. But peace amid that storm is the superior way of the kingdom. Um, now, Notice what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that understanding is wrong, invalid, or evil. Uh, understanding, understanding is simply inferior to peace. It's not bad or wrong or invalid. So I'm not preaching against sin right now. I'm, I'm preaching for a higher value system. So if you feel condemned, then, um, then you're wrong. Just pursue something higher. So... That's what I'm trying to say. That's pretty good. Yeah, I should I should write that down in my notes. Yes. Okay. I guess I was right. All right. Johnny, what did you say? Did you forget it? Peace comes down over the chaos of our understanding and brings order to it. tend to think that um, understanding is what will guard our minds. We tend to think that understanding is what guards our heart. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Do I just need to pass around a microphone? Y'all got some open mic? Yeah. So, yeah, we think that if only I can understand this, if I just know why I repeatedly act like this, if I just know why I do the same self-destructive behaviors over and over again, if I can just understand why this hardship is in my life, if I only knew why this pain and turmoil is inside of me, then I can, I can have peace. But that's, that's not it. Um, uh, I, I, here's, here's what we think regarding peace a lot of times. We think that peace is a reward for a certain way of behaving. But peace is not earned. Um, peace is actually a weapon that we carry into battle. It's not... It's not a reward that we receive after winning a victory. If, if peace were earned, it would be a wage. If it were deserved, it would be a reward. Um, it is neither. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. We have, um, we have areas of pain in our hearts and in our minds. We have pieces of our lives that are broken. And did you know that if there is a way to be broken, then there is also a way to wholeness. We have the capacity for pain, then we also have the capacity for peace. And that peace can come into that pain. Our Father loves to come in and touch those broken places and surround them with his peace. He loves to surround us in his peace when we feel like we are surrounded, like the song sang, song, like the, like the sang song, song. It may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. You, you just can't systematize that. You can't, uh, you can't read that in a theology book. You just have to know him. Right? Um, worship team, y'all can come on up. Uh, I got one, I think one last passage we can look at. Let's check out James chapter 3. Verse 18, it says, And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. So are you one of those those who cultivate peace are you a cultivator of peace are you cultivating peace in your life 
If you choose to cultivate peace in your life, you're allowing God to open up more doors for you to step deeper into the realities of his kingdom. For those who cultivate peace, what you're doing is this. You're walking with God in a manner of humility because you're letting him guide you further and further into the mysteries of his kingdom and into his superior ways by letting go of your inferior temporary ways. When you let go of those ways, he's helping you step deeper into him and deeper into his kingdom. Um, do y'all remember when, um, when I shared about the authority of sowing and reaping that we all have? Do y'all remember that? We, uh, we sow seeds. We sow eternal seeds into this temporary realm. We sow unseen seeds into a seen world. We align earth with heaven, right? By the seeds that we sow. And for those who cultivate peace, when you sow the fruit of righteousness into the earth, you sow it with your peace. When we walk in peace, we're walking in a place of authority to align earth with heaven. Why? Um, I'm going to share a quick testimony with you. Um, I'm not sure if I've shared this to the church or not, uh, but uh, I know I've shared it with a lot of y'all. Um, I was in Reno... Uh, Reno, Nevada one time and we were at a witchcraft festival and we were we were praying for all kind of witches and new agers and um, um, uh, psychics and reiki healers and all, all kind of stuff and um, one woman came and she sat down and um, she was uh, she was very upset very smug and um, we started praying for her and and she said no nah, that's that's not really what I need that's not really what I want uh, you're kind of wrong about that and um, I went in there all fired up and she kind of shut me down and I, so I had to ask the Lord I give this to you I don't know what to do with this and um, I just surrendered my right or my need to uh, be able to understand and know what to do with this because I don't I know what to do with this. She was a witch. And um, so the Lord just showed me. He said, um, she's got pain in her right shoulder. So I told her, I said, you've got pain in your right shoulder. And she said, uh, no, it's in my left shoulder. So I told her, no, I see it in your right shoulder. And she said, oh, yeah, actually, uh, actually, you're right. It's in my right shoulder. And so, so all I did was I just went up to her shoulder and I said, I take the pain out in the name of Jesus. And she, um, and she started moving her shoulder. And she said, wait a minute, there's, there's no more pain. 
And then all of a sudden this confused look came on her face because she knew how to understand the spirit world and how it operates. And all of a sudden something throws her off and she doesn't know how to understand it. And so she said, there's no more pain in my shoulder. I've got pain in my back. Can you take that out too? And so, so we went to her and, um, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I take the pain out of your back. And she goes up and down. She says, there's no more pain. She said, so this is what you Christians are doing. And she was really confused. And then she just walked off. Didn't say thanks, no bye, no. She just walks away. And so I'm left thinking, well, all right. I don't know what to do with that. But later on, after we were shutting down and leaving this witchcraft festival, she came back and said, um, I need you to tell me a little bit more about Jesus. I, I need to learn a little bit more about that. And um, she was in a place of, I don't understand what just happened to me. It was good, and she didn't understand. And she decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay that down, and I... There's something to there's something to Jesus. There's something to this, and um, and she shifted from being um, angry, demonized witch into I think I need to quit levitating tables and chairs and follow Jesus. And and so uh, she moved into that place and. Um, she was actually the number two witch in in all of, of Reno uh, that that helped oversee the whole witchcraft festival that we were at, and um, y'all, we sow sowed sow seeds of peace into this world, and righteousness grows up. Um, when we walk in peace, we're walking in a place of authority to align earth with heaven. Okay? I, there wasn't no walking up to the witch and sharing the Roman road with her. She, she didn't care. We aligned something of earth into heaven. Right? Why? So why does that give us authority to align earth with heaven. Why is it peace? Because Romans 16.20, this is what it says. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your foot. Now notice that it doesn't say the God of peace will soon crush Satan under his foot. No, it says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your foot. So let's go and go in peace and crush Satan because you're a Satan crusher. It's in the word. Go put your feet to use. We're going to have a response time. And um, run to him, the Prince of Peace, and let him bring peace into your pain. Let him bring peace into your life. And then let's go crush Satan.